Today's episode of Distorted View Daily is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, purveyors of fine erotic merchandise since 1912. All right, they're not that old. They've been around for a while, though. They're a name you can trust when it comes to adult toys, lingerie, sexy movies. Adam and Eve has an amazing deal just for Distorted View listeners. Select any one item from their vast catalog and get 50% off. That includes the entire coochie line of pussy mists, creams, sprays, and oils. Pamper that punani with coochie shave cream, coochie intimate feminine spray, or coochie body oil mist. Guys, that includes the infuse arousal gel. Pleasant sensations and increased stamina is only a massage to the penis away. Ting! Add these or one of Adam and Eve's other 19,000 products to your cart. Use promo code FREAK, F-R-E-A-K, and get 50% off your item and 10 free gifts. You'll receive a bonus sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. Then Adam and Eve load you up with six free spicy movies and free shipping on your entire order. Just remember to use coupon code FREAK, F-R-E-A-K, at adamandeve.com. Hey, Freaks, it's Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Coming up on the program today, I'm just living that relaxed vaporwave poolside USA life, baby. Plus, DV's newest business venture, Camel Piss. A coffee that'll make you shit even harder than a standard brew. And when you can't flash your lady dick, because your stomach fat covers the goods. Distorted View Daily proudly presents... Another man just looking for love. Hi. Looking for a white lady that's tattooed and dominant and be willing to put me in a dress and beat the shit out of me. Call me. I'm the sissy of Fremont Street. 15th and Fremont. Sissy Gemini. 904-609-3222. Again, you stupid white bitch. That's what I'm looking for is a stupid tattooed white bitch that have put me in a dress and beat the shit out of me. Call me. I'm waiting, you white slut. It's the Distorted View Show with Tim Henson. And I love the aftertaste of semen in my mouth. I'm a mommy! I'm a mommy! The vagina is full of AIDS. Christian now fears his flatulence. I'm going to lose my mind today. Yes, Tim of the James Henson back here with you for the Wednesday edition of DV. Got a great one for you. I just got back from Target. That's why I'm out of breath. Shopping really takes it out of me. Well, that and the congestive heart failure, but mostly shopping. I shop till I drop and one day I will drop and not get back up. But at least I will have died doing what I love. Gays love to shop. I like to shop for very specific things, though. I don't like grocery shopping as a general rule. I don't even like clothes shopping. The one exception, though, is T-shirts. I love a graphic T-shirt. Now, I'm in my 40s. Have I aged out of that? At some point, it's not cute anymore to see a grown man wearing a Rocco's Modern Life T-shirt. But look, I think there are exceptions and exemptions I am um, a member of the media, right? I'm in the entertainment business. So, you know, I've got a Peter Pan complex. I'm trying to stay young. I always hear people saying, uh, look, if you're in your 40s, you should not be wearing blue jeans and you should not be wearing T-shirts. That's all I wear. 
I don't want to wear khakis or dress pants or <laughs> what, what people, what are adults supposed to wear? You know why? Because those types of pants, they wrinkle easily. And I still just like throw pants on the floor. How else are you supposed to see what you have? I like them all laid out for me on the floor. I can just sort of pick out, you know, oh, that wadded up ball of jeans looks good. Nice and dark. I'm going to go with a dark jean today. Anyway, I was at Target and I uh, and I saw a T-shirt that I had to have. I pick out the dumbest fucking T-shirts. This one is like a very light color, almost like a cream, not a white, but almost like, like a like a cream, I think. And uh, it, it's like got this big graphic. It's like it's a it's a rectangle and it's a uh, it's depicting a pool and then some like lounge chairs and umbrellas. But it's very stylized in this almost uh, geometric way. It kind of looks like something you would find in the 80s or early 90s. And then uh, the text reads, Poolside USA. <laughs> That's the shirt that I had to have. You know, I just, I want to live that poolside life. You know me. I never go into pools. I'm like my mother. I'm afraid of water. It's one of the many neuroses and fears she has instilled in me. Water bad. You'll drown or get eaten by a big fish or get your hair wet, which is like the worst thing that could ever happen to you in my mom's world. She used to keep an emergency shower cap in her purse just in case like a wild lake lunged at her. It's been known to happen. Also, you know, growing up, I lived by a giant lake, a great lake. As a matter of fact, I lived right on the shores of Lake Erie. I can count on my fingers the number of times I actually went to the beach to just, like, do beach things. I know many of you are laughing at the thought of going to Lake Erie to do beach things, but, it, you know, it was a real beach. They have beaches. Look it up. In the summertime, it's very beachy. The few times I did go there, it was uh, explicitly to go to the concession stand and get an elephant ear and hot dog. I was not there for the sun or the water. That's for fucking sure. But anyway, I got this poolside USA shirt. I'm all about maxing and relaxing. That's my philosophy in life, and everyone around me is going to know it. They're going to read that shirt and say, hey, that's a guy who knows how to chillax. He seems cool. You know how many friends I'm going to get just by wearing this shirt? And they're not going to be like high-strung people. They're going to be mellow. It's everything I've ever wanted in life. I'm kind of really pinning all of my hopes and dreams on this one shirt. It was $12.99, but what I'm going to get out of this thing is priceless. Truth be told, the reason I went to Target, I did have a purpose. Gynalotrimin, my cunny's burning. Ladies, I'm sure you all know about springtime yeast infections. No, uh, I was not there for Gynalotrimin. I went there to pick up a new Nintendo Switch controller. I am hardcore preparing for this next Zelda game that comes out on Friday. And if that means paying $70 for a pro controller, so be it. I've already sunk like $150 into this game. It's like 70 bucks for uh, the game itself and then another 70 for the controller. Now, I had a pro controller, but it died on me. It got uh, what they call uh, a drift. You know how like controllers have those uh, analog sticks that, you know, you control the characters with? They have, usually have a left and right one. <laughs> you know, controllers. You know, how, you know how to move the characters around, those sticks? Well, uh, Nintendo Switches seem to have this problem where after a while, they get uh, this drift, which means, you know, you're not touching the controller at all, right? You're not trying to move the character around. If you just leave your controller stationary, 
you'll notice that there there's still movement happening. Like when I'm playing Breath of the Wild and, uh, you know, Link is standing on a cliff or something, you'll just start to see the camera moving right and it just keeps going and going and going. It's as if someone's, you know, slightly pressing the controller right. It, it's because it's got this drift problem. I say it's because I game too hard. I press buttons. I mash them down. When I want my character to move, I fucking yank on those analog sticks. I play with power, baby. You don't want to fuck around with me. I mean, imagine if I do that to a controller, just mangle it forcefully and aggressively. Imagine what I could do to your penis. Boys, call me. I'm not what you would call a sensual soft lover. No, 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 no. I'll work your cock so hard it's going to get adrift. It's never going to stand up quite straight anymore. It's always going to be drifting to the left or right. I told uh, Lord Douche that my Switch controller was all fucked up. And of course, he was like, don't buy a new one. Write to Nintendo and see if they'll replace it for you. I'm like, I bought this. I bought this. This is back in 2017. It's a six-year-old controller. They're they're not going to replace it. You know, he's always trying to get freebies. His standard course of action is uh, first write to the company, make them replace it. And if they don't go buy a new controller and then put the broken old controller in the packaging and return it to the store. He's a very thrifty Cuban. I don't think I'll be telling him about my uh, new Nintendo Switch controller purchase, you know, until he asks. I'm also not going to tell him about my poolside USA shirt. He hates when I buy shirts. He's like, you have too many. Stop buying shirts. He has a lot of opinions on my wardrobe, by the way. In true thrifty fashion, I don't think Lord Douche has purchased a shirt in the fucking 13 years I've known him. He wears like freebies he gets. Like his friend used to work for some sort of like gay organization. And and the organization got like, I don't know, a thousand VH1 Diva t-shirts. I guess there was like a TV show or special or something called VH1 Divas. Lord Douche has about 200 of those shirts. That's all he wears. I guarantee you, if you ever see me out in public, come come say hi. And if I'm with Lord Douche, notice the shirt he's wearing. I guarantee you he did not pay for it. We really are like the anti-homosexuals. Like, we don't dress well. Our hygiene is questionable at best. I'm a fat, disgusting slob. I mean, come on. Anyway, oh, the other thing about t-shirts is uh, Lord Douche hates that I wear dark shirts. He's like, if you're going to buy a shirt or you're going to wear shirts, don't wear black. Lights only. White's preferable. I think he'd be okay with my poolside USA shirt, but I mostly do wear darks because again, I'm fat and black is slimming. It conceals some of the rolls. I don't know why he doesn't get that. It's like he doesn't even know me. All right, enough of my target adventure. That's not why you're listening to this podcast. You come for the goods, the audio, and boy, do I have some for you today. Not only do I have audio, I also have an interesting business proposition. You know, I'm always looking to make money. Gotta pay for my poolside USA shirts and Nintendo Switch controllers. Which, by the way, are totally overpriced. $70 for a controller? What the fuck, man? But I digress. $70 is going to be like chump change. Once all the money starts rolling in from my camel piss business. What the hell am I talking about? You are asking what the hell are you talking about, right? How can you not? I said camel piss business. You gotta be at least a little curious. Well, thanks to DV listener Rural Gaming in the Discord, I've learned all about this potential liquid gold mine. One liter of this warm, freshly collected camel pee can set you back 
$20. See now, uh, Coca-Cola is in the wrong business. They sell two liters of Sprite for like three bucks. That's like $1.50 per liter. Meanwhile, people with access to camels? 20 bucks a liter, man. I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to become a camel farmer. You probably already have a lot of questions. Mainly, what the fuck are people using the camel piss for? That's not our concern, freaks. I don't care what people do with the camel piss. They can drink it. They can use it to fertilize their crops. They can shoot the shit up intravenously. I don't care. They hand me a crisp new $20 bill. I give them a bottle of camel pee. We both go on our way. Happy. All right, let me shut up so you can actually hear what's going on here. One liter of this warm, freshly collected camel pee can set you back $20. And a five liter jerry can can cost as much as $100. Even more if the urine is gotten from a pure Arabian camel breed. This is work. Am I if you need to work very well? This is like a testimonial. He's like, this works. Camel pee works. Thank you. This work. Am I if you need to work very He says, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to understand him. He says, but if you want it to work very well. Anyway, take the fresh one. We don't just do it. No, 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 no. We just take them. Take the freshly collected pee. good and i think he poured it on, or he was gonna like pour it on his body he says it's good for the body all right whatever camels have been an integral part of the middle eastern and african culture for centuries remember when trump was all like uh, these are shithole countries and we all got upset about it these people are bathing in camel piss maybe they're not shithole countries but they are certainly camel piss countries i, I think we can all agree on that used majorly for transportation and farming but the urine of these majestic creatures has taken on new significance in recent times. So what is it about this pee that is so unique? I'm going to take a guess here and say floral notes. It's slightly acidic, a little carbonated. It's very refreshing. And who are the people who oh. pay top dollar to drink it? Oh, he's drinking the pee. Okay, well, now we know what they're doing with it. So it really is like Coca-Cola. Camel urine, the champagne of colas. Ting! The Fulani tribe of West Africa have been collecting this liquid waste for decades. Yes. <laughs> Keyword waste. Everything for Akumi is good. He says everything for a camel is good. Everything, everything you see in the animal. In Akumi, everything from the body and the meat and the everything Rakumi is good. I think what he's saying is the camel is a very useful animal. You can ride it. You can cook them up. You can bathe in its waste. Collections begin early in the morning. This is because early morning pee sells faster and commands a premium price. It's more concentrated. It's stronger. You've smelled your morning piss, right? It's pungent and magnificent. That shit sells for top dollar. I hope you guys are taking notes. If you're going to be my camel pee salesman, you need to know the product. This, uh, this fresh one is good. More than the one way don't think. If it tastes the one way don't reach like two days, you will get a uh, gas. Yeah, he, he says here again, because it's hard to understand. He says, that, look, if you drink two day old camel piss, you're going to get gas because it's not as fresh. I don't know if that means you're going to be burping up camel urine or if that means you're going to have indigestion problems and you're going to be farting out camel pee. Either way, it doesn't sound pleasant and I'm guessing it doesn't smell pleasant either. As if you open the rubber like this, you can see uh, this will come out like this. Mm, if you test that for mouth, you will not say you don't think. 
However, oh, he says uh, if you taste old pee, it tastes stale. Okay. Obtaining this precious liquid can be very frustrating. See, this is where we need to streamline the operations, right? We got to get these camels to pee consistently in bottles. Herders spend most of their waking hours in direct sunlight, enduring extreme temperatures to track the camels' movements and activities. This is necessary to avoid missing any urine during the brief window of time between when the camel starts and finishes urinating. It seems to me that camels are like old men. They don't have a lot of control over when the pee starts and stops. And there's a lot of trickling. Since camel pee is very valuable, you want to get all the stuff. You need to watch the camel penis like a hawk. The harsh weather conditions tend to take a very heavy toll on the handlers. But if they want to earn enough money to support their families, they must work longer hours to collect sufficient quantities of urine. I love the idea that us rich Americans are just going to barge in and steal all the camel pee business from poor Kenyans. We're fucking monsters. Of urine. I'm what? sorry, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Once they sense that a camel is about to urinate, they move fast, just so they do not miss even one single drop of this precious pee. What have I always called urine? Amber nectar. It can take an entire day to get this little amount of urine from a camel. Holy shit! That's like barely an ounce. Our first order of business is to figure out how to make camels pee faster. We gotta give them like diuretics and shit, right? We're gonna pump these assholes full of medication. Unlike cows, camels typically produce less urine, and each camel can only produce a certain amount of urine per day, which means that there's a finite number of liters available each year. See, this is where this is where Western science is going to come into play, and we're going to revolutionize the camel piss business. My plan is to flood the market, so to speak. We're going to get in and get out. W within a year's time, we're going to be all millionaires. And we're going to cash out before the, the camel piss market collapses. This limited quantity combined with how labor intense... I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn here, even though I do it a lot. Someone's got to. But think about uh, where the culture is at the moment. All those crypto bros pulling scams. Those idiot YouTubers trying to sell you seminars on NFTs and Bitcoins. Where they zig, I zag. The real money is in camel pee. The highest quality urine comes from camels that have recently eaten fresh grasses. Again, we're going to have another leg up on the competition here. They don't have fresh grass over there in the middle of the fucking desert. Meanwhile, here in beautiful America, the grass uh, won't stop growing. It grows too fast. I'm always mowing my lawn. It's like super annoying. Imagine having a few camels in the front yard who will take care of the business. I mean, it's really killing two birds with one stone. I think the main issue for us is like uh, how we're going to get the camels over here. But, you know, that's just a logistical problem. When they pee, the urine is said to have a milder scent and taste, which may be more palatable to buyers. You know, I know primarily we're going to be selling these bottles of camel pee to Africans and Middle Eastern people or whatever. But there is a potential untapped market here in the United States. I mean, what's the largest sector of beverage growth, flavored water. We just talked about water talk the other day. All these stupid broads on TikTok flavoring their water. What if we could sell a nice, mild camel piss, but infuse it with uh, some berry flavor as well? Idiot social media influencers are always looking for the next health craze. Camel pee can be it. We'll get Gwyneth Paltrow to take a few sips, goop it up. Guys, the possibilities are endless. I will try to remember to provide a link on the show notes today to this video. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Rural Gaming. I hope you don't want a cut of this business idea. It's all mine. I guess if you want, like, a, a couple bottles of camel pee, I can arrange that, though. Uh, let's move on. I've got a customer freakout clip here. 
And while it is pretty screamy and wonderful, I feel like we're missing some context. And this is something I'm noticing more and more when it comes to these types of videos. It's almost like the person recording wants the internet points and clouts that you receive when everyone gangs up on the villain in the video, but it appears they cut out the part where you might say to yourself, oh, okay, this is justifiable rage. It's not so cut and dry. So this all takes place at a, uh, like a taco restaurant, like a carryout place in San Diego. The customer is pretty screechy. Give me my receipt, you Wait. fucking bitch. Oh, yeah, fucking cunt. Now, the person who posted this video says uh, Karen has gone wild at a San Diego taco shop, and it certainly sounds like it. But throughout the entire video, the one thing this lady wants and is screaming about is her receipt. She has her food. You know, she, she's receiving her food, but she didn't get her receipt, and they won't hand it to her. I, I just want to hear what happened before this video started, you know, because... I mean, I guess you know, the customer is entitled to her receipt. Why is it so hard to hand it to her, especially considering the worker has the receipt? She's literally holding it, but she refuses to uh, to give it. Again, this doesn't excuse the customer's behavior, but it it, it explains it. Yeah, fucking cunt. Ma'am, please leave the restaurant. I want my receipt back. I'll give you, you a new receipt. I want my receipt. I want my receipt. Give me my receipt. I'll wait. Not until I have the receipt. Just give me the receipt. Give me the receipt. Oh, man. It's interesting because at this point, the um, the worker is like looking at the receipt, I guess, to make sure that it's this lady's. And she was about to hand it over. At least that's what it looks like to me. But then the customer just snatches, tries to grab it. Oh, man, man. What the and she starts slapping and, and pulling at the worker's shirt, like totally uncalled for. Oh, man, man. What the Don't do that to me, bitch. Don't do that. Don't do that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Give me my receipt. Yeah. Don't touch me. Give me yeah. my receipt. Give me my receipt. You fuck off. You fuck off. <laughs> She's so flustered. All of this over a receipt for $10 worth of tacos. Come, please. Come, please. Give Come. me my receipt. You don't touch me like Give me my receipt. Okay, so get the fuck out of here. Give me my receipt. Get out of here. here. Ma'am, please leave. You're... Give me my receipt. Get out of here. Again, I, I don't know why she doesn't just give her the receipt. The one theory in the comments is the taco worker knows that she overcharged for the food or she added a little extra for a tip and that shit is displayed on the receipt. I don't know if I buy that or not, but it is it is curious that the worker's refusing to hand the receipt. Ma'am, please leave. You're... Give me my receipt. Get my receipt. Give me your receipt. <laughs> I'm going to call the cops. I believe in Spanish we say coño. You're being a coño. Is that accurate? I don't know. I use Google Translate. The other customer freakout video I have for you is from McDonald's. I love this particular clip because the customer is acting all hard, screaming, throwing stuff at the manager. Yet it only takes a few seconds for him to turn into a blubbering baby. When he gets exactly what he deserves. He's, what he's, he's screaming at the manager, I didn't talk to you. You know those big thermoses with a handle holds like 64 ounces of liquid? Yeah, he's got one of those in his hands and he throws it at the manager. 
He doesn't throw the actual cup. He just, all the liquid inside of it. So then the manager chases after him in the, in the McDonald's. And the manager tackles this guy into a booth. See how quickly that turned? <laughs> stop! Stop! <laughs> the next few minutes is just him begging for his life, which is satisfying. He's apologizing, screaming for help. No one is helping him. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Calling him sir. <laughs> Finally, he's showing him some respect. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This guy is balled up in the fetal position in a booth. Like his head is buried into the wall, you know, trying to protect his face. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, it sounds like other customers and employees are like, let me at him. I kick his fucking ass. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just said sorry. Shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, I will say, at one point, the manager does go a little too far. After the beatdown is over with, you know, this guy is still in the fetal position, crying in the corner of the booth, which is hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But he's literally just he's being quiet, I guess, whimpering. And uh, the manager comes back around and like uh, under the table, I think, punches his face. Yeah, just let him be. Here he goes. Or kicks him or something. Get off me. Hey, Get dude. off me. Someone help. Yeah, Someone call the police. We're back for round two. Oh yeah, he kicked him kicked him in his eye. Ow! Why the fuck you throw water on him? I didn't do it, I said I'm sorry. I got an article, you threw water on him. Can I leave now? Okay, can I leave now? Just kick him out. Beat his ass. Just put all this stolen shit in your bag. You a bum ass thief. You a bum ass thief. Shut the fuck up. Oh, he's a thief? Again, you know, we never get context for these stories. I feel like the first beat down was sufficient. That's good retaliation for having water thrown at you. The kicking someone, you know, in the eyeball. Now it's just it's 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 excessive. Things seem to calm down like no more punches are being thrown, although the thief is now standing on the booth. And I don't think people are letting him get off or leave. Maybe they're waiting for police to come. I don't know. But uh, as a final resort, our thief here starts spitting on people. Which, you know, you're just gonna get another beat down for that. That's right, you! Yeah, there's the pata. And. You just came in my eye. He spit on him. He spit. Oh, yeah. No shit. Oh, yeah, he spit on him. Get the fuck out. Who that man? Get your hands up. He spit on him. Now he's table jumping, right? He's he's walking from table to table to avoid the the inevitable. And they're beating his ass again. See, the lesson here is when you get your ass beaten once, don't pull a pussy move and start spitting. It's just going to happen again. All right. Uh, and with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist and a fucked up news. Right now. Yesterday, 
Today's episode of DV was a Sideshow exclusive one. If you would like to hear it and catch tomorrow's Sideshow exclusive episode as well, sign up right now. Superfreaksideshow.com. That's DV's member site where you gain full access to the entire archive of programs. More importantly, every week I do brand new exclusive shows. On yesterday's podcast, we talked about Mead Skelton's most recent live stream. It's prompting some discussion, uh, like uh, someone said, uh, is Tim only talking about Mead on Sideshow exclusive episodes? I'm not doing it on purpose. It just so happens me talking about Mead uh, fell on a Sideshow exclusive episode. That happens occasionally. Another person in the Discord, you know I'm right, said I was being too hard on Mead. For once, they do not agree on my assessment. And uh, you know what? I, I You may be right. Maybe I was goofing on Mead a little too hard. Uh, so... Mead recently performed. It was a paying gig at a restaurant. He got a hundred bucks and fried chicken. And I was kind of goofing on Mead about that, you know, getting paid in fried chicken. But yes, he did. He did get a hundred bucks to perform at a restaurant. The restaurant had a, <laughs> I have to mention this again. because This is the funny part to me. The restaurant has a main stage, right? The whole thing with the restaurant is uh, there's music while you eat. So they have a stage there where, you know, musicians perform. But Mead wasn't allowed on that stage. He had to perform out on the porch where there's like four tables. And then, you know, I looked on the restaurant's website and I saw the only other event that happens on the porch is like open mic nights and karaoke. So, I, you know, I was kind of ribbing Mead about that. But as you know, I'm right points out, Mead, you know, did make money plus tips and dinner. And he also has two more gigs lined up. One of the gigs is performing at some sort of like hard cider distillery or something. I don't know. And I, I made it a point to mention that that seems to be going against Mead's morals and values because Mead is very anti-alcohol. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, meat is just, just as bad as the rest of us. You know, we're all in it for the buck. You know, I'm right, says that uh, meat is simply more uh, willing to be more professional and ignore the alcohol. If he's ever able to make a small local career, this is the way he'll do it. Let's just hope he doesn't say colored at the gospel thing. Oh, that's the other thing. <laughs> he's going to be performing at a gospel festival. I don't think he's getting paid for that. The funny thing is, though, as he's describing the event, you know, he says, I'll be performing alongside a bunch of colored people, <laughs> like colored groups. And I'm like, oh, my God, Meat is going to get his ass beat at this event. We should all go and watch. Anyway, if you want to hear all of that, sign up for the Sideshow DB's member site. Uh, and remember, if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can sign up right in those mobile apps. If you go that route, it's super easy to gain access. You're not going to have the, the super old shows but you're going to get all of the Sideshow exclusive episodes right alongside the, the free episodes in your feed. For more information, check out distortedview.com and superfreaksideshow.com. Thank you to all of my Sideshow members. Again, you guys are the reason this show continues. Well, you guys and you patrons. We've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. You can pledge as little as a dollar over there. Every little bit helps. It's been a while since I've thanked some of my new patrons here, so uh, I don't know how far back I need to go here. Phantom Fox, Shane, thank you so much. Jason, is this Jason of the Jason Show? Uh, FB, thank you. Red, PC, Nick, Bond Dollar, Soliloquy, and Sam, thank you so much. Paul, thank you. And you know what? I'm going to thank Great Big Pete as well. He edited his pledge to give me $1.50 more. You guys are absolutely great. Thank you so much for supporting DV in every way possible. 
Love you guys so much. All right. Three very quick stories now. First up, I am still a near daily Starbucks drinker. I have switched my routine. I used to get those like lattes chock full of like <laughs> chocolate, hazelnut, caramel, you know, like whatever those flavorings are. You know, the drinks that have about 8,000 calories and 40 grams of fat. Turns out those are not the healthiest option. Oh, but they taste so good, right? I don't get those very often anymore. My for the for the past year or two, I've been getting uh, like a nitro brew coffee. Oh, they go down very smooth. Bonus, they're cheaper than the uh, other drinks as well. I am a sucker for new products, though, and I recently read that Starbucks was launching a new line of coffees, and I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting, but the more I read about it, the more I realized, oh, this is just going to cause just severe diarrhea in me, and I don't need to shit anymore. I'm very regular, thank you. There's not a doubt in my mind that this coffee would fucking wreck me. Have you guys heard about, uh, I think it's pronounced Oleato, or Oli, I don't know. Oleato, let's go with Oleato. In February, Starbucks launched a range of drinks in Italy. That's where it started, although it is available here in the U.S. in uh, select markets. Yes, it's called Oleato, which combines coffee with olive oil. You know, for those times you want your shit accelerant to be greasy. Coffee already makes you poop. Do we need to expedite this whole procedure by, like, oiling down your esophagus? And intestines and shit. Like, it just seems bizarre to me. Also, I don't know if it's going to taste good. You know, I want my coffee to taste good. I know, I know. Then you shouldn't be drinking Starbucks. I get it. You guys know I eat garbage. I also drink garbage. It's just what I like. All right, let's read on about this amazing innovation. Oleato combines coffee with olive oil. The Oleato line includes three flavors. Oleato Golden Foam Cold Brew. Oleato Cafe Latte and Oleato Iced Shaken Espresso. All the beverages arrived in the U.S. on March 23rd in markets like Chicago, Seattle, and New York. You know, big metropolitan areas. Each beverage is doused with Partana Extract Olive Oil. As Starbucks describes it, this gives your drink a sweet and lush flavor and makes it velvety smooth. That's where the problem comes in, that uh, velvety smoothness. Turns out, the drinks may be too smooth. After the drinks launched, some people who tried them took to social media to describe an unintended side effect. Prompt races to the bathroom. Some Reddit users reported bowel problems. All of a sudden, they have defective shitters. Also, stomach aches, diarrhea, and some people, in extreme cases, suffered from vomiting. The issue, the issue I think, is, is twofold here. First of all, the drinks have a lot of caffeine. A grande drink in the lineup ranges from 170 milligrams to 255. To compare, an entire 16-ounce can of Monster, Monster, short hook, long tail, short hook, long tail. Uh, that drink comes in at 158 milligrams. So, yeah, a lot of caffeine. And then on top of that, there's a lot of fat, I think, because of the olive oil. In a single cup, you could have 34 grams in a grande drink. Compare that to zero grams in a grande cup of plain coffee or seven grams in a regular grande latte made with 2% milk. One tablespoon of olive oil contains 14 grams of fat alone. Coffee also contains acid, which boosts a hormone made in the stomach called gastrin. That stimulates a muscle uh, to contract that moves waste along the GI tract. So it all adds up to you're going to be shitting your brains out drinking this olive oil coffee. Dr. Rabia Delater, a gastroenterologist, said it's going to cause a quicker, potentially more urgent run to the bathroom. 
That's like the scariest word at all. When it comes to shitting, urgent. That's pretty much code word for you can't control when your butthole opens. It's like what happens to my aunt every time she eats a salad. It's one of her trigger foods. Longtime listeners of the show know that. Yes, it's going to cause a quicker, potentially more urgent run to the bathroom, so you could end up dealing with stomach issues and uh, the not-so-good side effects of caffeine, like anxiety, fast heart rate, and headaches. Basically, everything that I suffer from, (laughs) right? I should not be drinking coffee. I don't know why my cardiologist has never told me that. I have the worst uh, uh, medical team, apparently. You know, I'm in the emergency room with a heartbeat of 200 uh, beats a minute, and the people in the hospital are like, "Uh, do you want something from the cafeteria? How about a hamburger? I'm like, really? A hamburger? You think that's a food I should be eating with my issues? And now my uh, my heart doctor doesn't tell me not to drink caffeine and stuff. It's utterly bizarre. Thanks, Obamacare. All right. uh, Second story we have for you. In this day and age, I can't believe people are still worried about height so much, especially guys. I, of course, blame it on women. You know, we're supposed to be living in some sort of enlightened age now. We're supposed to be beyond being fixated on physical traits. Guys aren't allowed to say the most important feature on a woman is big fat milkers. I don't know why it's okay for women to say, I need a, I need a tall man. I want someone who's just like towering over me. Someone that can protect me. Really? I don't think it should be acceptable in society to say stuff like that. Those women should be shunned, canceled even. I mean, think of these guys can't control how tall they are. Now, this is coming from a tall person. I don't have these issues. I am a sturdy, lanky, six, two and a half. I'm a mountain of a man, but I am coming to support uh, my short kings here. Let me be your protector, you little squirts. These Oompa Loompa looking motherfuckers. I'm sorry, dudes. That was uncalled for. Some of them are even going so far as to have limb lengthening surgery, which is like super painful and expensive. And you don't even gain that much length. But I guess every little bit helps. Some men with the desire to be taller are turning to limb lengthening surgeries to gain a few inches. Like, it's one thing if you're gaining a few inches on your cock. That's what I would spend the money on. I doubt most women are even going to notice a few inches on your legs, but whatever. Uh, The whole point is to escape the feeling of being judged by their physical statures. The procedures are expensive and doctors stress the potential complications. You could end up a cripple in a wheelchair. Talk about being short. The majority of limb lengthening surgeries are not done simply to increase the patient's height. Rather, they're most often used to correct deformities uh, or length discrepancies. Dr. Samir Mehta, a chief orthopedic trauma and fracture care doctor, I guess, at the University of Pennsylvania Health System, said he performs about 20 limb lengthening surgeries a year and only 10 percent of them are for aesthetic reasons. Still, the people who choose to have their limbs lengthen for aesthetic reasons do it to feel better about themselves. Thanks to women. It's women who are making them feel bad. They should pay for these procedures. Women are the root of all problems. <laughs> I'm like those incel guys now. One young man who is five feet, one inch, aw, came to Meta because his growth plate had closed early. I don't know what that means. And had stopped growing. For him, it's a confidence issue. There's a stigma about short stature. I don't think that's true in, like, gay culture. We respect the little dudes, um, but only if they're bottoms. I guess I should add that qualifier there. I mean, there's just something so alluring about just, like, uh, just literally putting your hands around someone and lifting them up and placing them right on your dick. And then uh, and then you use one hand and uh, you, you start to spin them like a plate. This is the type of sex I fantasize about. 
All right, quote, for him, it's a confidence issue. There is a stigma about short stature or stature. (laughs) In some cultures, height is critical for advancement in business and society. There are three stages to the limb lengthening process. All right. Surgery, distraction, and consolidation. Not too familiar with the last two steps. I think distraction is because they don't sedate you. And so when they break your bones, they have to uh, be like, hey, look at that bird outside. It's got a whole rat in its mouth. And then you're like distracted. And then the doctor snaps your legs. Do it real quick. I mean, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm just taking a a, a guess here. Stab in the dark. All right. So surgery, distraction and consolidation. During the initial procedure, the surgeon cuts the bone ah, to be lengthened and attaches a lengthening device to create a gap between the two parts of the bone. After the bone has had some time to heal, the two ends are gradually separated. This process, the second stage, stimulates the growth of the new bone to fill in the gap between the two ends. The final stage occurs as the natural healing process fills in the gap, giving the surrounding nerve, muscle, tendons, and ligaments time to adjust to the new length. One 26-year-old man who had limb-lengthening surgery to increase his height from 5 feet 7 inches to 5 feet 10 inches. Is that life-changing, really? Is it worth it? Those three extra inches. I mean, you could always just wear lifts, right? Just wear some shoes and lie about the extra inch or something. Anyway, he recently said that he got the surgery because he was tired of people making jokes about his height. He said shorter men routinely get spoken down to. I mean, literally, you have to look down at them uh, just because of this trait that they can't control. Check this bonkers number out. Uh, The man estimates that he spent upwards of $100,000 to have his legs lengthened. And he was only lengthened by three inches. That's like $33,000 an inch. His insurance paid $10,000 for the follow-up surgery to remove the rods inserted during his initial procedure. He had to do physical therapy several days a week for four months. I mean, it's a real commitment. He started out using a walker and then progressed to a cane before he could fully walk on his own. Studies have shown that short people do face discrimination. Men preferred to date shorter women, while women prefer taller men. Also, taller men earn more money. A six-foot-tall person earns $166,000 more than a five-foot-five person over a 30-year career. Oh, that's a bullshit stat right there. They're just trying to shock you with that large number, and then you hit the part of the sentence where it's like, over a 30-year career. Well, that equals out to like $5,000 a year or something. I mean, I guess that's a substantial amount. But if you're short, you have to factor in how much you're going to pay to lengthen yourself. Like that one guy paid $100,000. Okay, so now you're only up $66,000 over 30 years. Another man said he spent more than $170,000. So now you're fucking in the hole. You're actually losing money by becoming taller. It doesn't make any kind of sense. (laughs) One Minnesota man said said he spent more than $170,000 on two leg lengthening surgeries because he was a victim of heightism and didn't feel good about himself and wanted to get more dates. I was unhappy about it most of the time, Moses Gibson said. It was my self-confidence in general and with the ladies. It affected my dating life. I used to put things in my shoes to gain a little bit of height, but it wasn't very much. Now, before he turned to surgery, Gibson said he tried going to a spiritual healer. So uh, we're learning a lot about this guy, mainly that he's a complete idiot. Uh, He also tried taking pills to make himself taller. So he underwent surgery in 2016 to add three inches to his five foot five frame. Okay, that bumped him up to five eight. Then he underwent a second surgery to add another two inches. 
You're still inadequate when compared to me. That's right. I still tower over you, short stack. All right. Uh, there are some complications. Risks include too much bone lengthening, poor bone formation, fractures, and blood clots. Oh, come on. You'll put up with a few blood clots to gain a few inches, right? What are you, a pussy? Dr. S. Robert Rosbrook, chief of the Limb Lengthening and Complex Reconstruction Service at the Hospital for Special Surgery, said he doesn't want leg lengthening to be considered a quick cosmetic surgery, but he said it is safe when done by an experienced surgeon. So go for it. And finally today, freaks, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, trans things recently. Hasn't been a great year for uh, trans men and women. A lot of hearings and bans and stuff going on. So it's good to hear a news story that has a, a happy ending for a trans person. You know, it's happy in that uh, distorted view daily kind of way. A judge has ruled that a transgender woman could not have indecently exposed her penis in a YMCA female changing room after agreeing with her claim that she's simply too fat for the cock to be visible. Congratulations on your legal victory. Finally, things are starting to turn around for the trans community. Darren Glines, who now goes by Rachel, was found not guilty of three counts of indecent exposure at the facility in Xenia, Ohio. Once again, strange things are afoot in Ohio. In this case, they're a cock, but you know, it truly is the Florida of the North. I've been saying it for years now. Judge David McNamee cleared Glines after agreeing that the size of her belly meant that it would be impossible for anyone to see her penis. Now, I wonder if they take into account her height and also like people in the changing room are sitting down sometimes, right? What if there's a particularly short person? They've got a different vantage point. I mean, I'm sure that the judge looked at all of that, right? Glines 31 has had several complaints made against her dating back to 2021, with at least three people complaining that they saw a naked male in the female locker room. One of the complaints stated that there were three juveniles present during the incident, with a woman going to the front desk to report the issue. She was reassured by a worker that it was actually a woman and that she shouldn't have been disturbed by the incident. The judge said there was little dispute as to the facts of the case, as Glines was authorized by the executive director of the YMCA to use the women's locker room, so she was in the right place, even though she has a penis. Jacqueline Brockman said that Glines was allowed to use the facilities at all of the greater Dayton area YMCA locations. Quote, quite simply, the facts do not exist to support a find of guilt as charges. Glines' genitalia was not visible as a result of other portions of her body covering it. Yeah, I gotta lose some weight. I'm working on it. That's why I go to the YMCA. So one day my lady dick can properly be on display. Glines' lawyers, Lauren and Kira Deaver, both argued that she was so fat. <laughs> How fat was she? She's so fat that her gut would obscure her genitals. In a statement released on Monday, Glein's attorney said it's unfortunate not only for her, but for the entire community that the filing of these charges ever occurred. We are grateful that the rule of law and the truth prevailed so that Miss Glein's in the community can now move on in peace. The YMCA of Greater Dayton said in a statement that they would continue to comply with the law while also ensuring the privacy and safety of all members. Under no circumstance will we investigate an individual's birth identity and then assign individuals to locker rooms. That would be counter to the law, counter to respect for all people, and it's not who or what we are as an organization. 
A YMCA employee was called to testify at the trial, telling the court that she had to get a restraining order against Glines after she assaulted her. Katisha Young said that Glines grabbed her genitals after they had gone out to coffee. Well, was it a date? Young claims that following the assault, Glines started attending her place of work, knowing when she would be working. She added that she's concerned that she will be forced to find other work once her protection order against Glines runs out in 2024. I'm sorry, this this last little twist of the news story has me fucked up. It's one thing to allow trans people to work out or whatever at the YMCA, but if one of your employees is assaulted, the person who's doing the assaulting should definitely lose his or her YMCA membership, especially if there's a restraining order involved. Good God, what the hell's going on over there in Xenia? Uh, that, my friends, is your distorted news for Wednesday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. Love to hear from you freaks, and there are many ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash distortedview show. Don't forget about the Discord. That's where all the freaks are hanging out. There's a link on the main navigation bar over there at distortedview.com. Use that as your invite in. All right, let's check in with a few freaks. We've got some patrons up first. Hey Tim, Edge Lord Trash here on my state mandated lunch break. Uh, just calling in to say I got married. Hey, congratulations. Next step, procreation. Create the next generation of little freaks. Uh, last week, uh, I am still behind by about a month on show, so I won't hear what you say about this. But, oh. um, yeah, love you, boo. Bye. Here's what I'm going to say. It'll never last. By the time you get to this voicemail, you'll be divorced. I put a curse on you, a hex. You will never find true happiness. Muhahaha. You are condemned to live a life of loneliness and sorrow. You must wallow in despair like your fearless, freaky leader, Tim Henson. No, I'm very happy. Congratulations. She sounds like a lucky lady. I envision many, many years of happiness and then a few years of not so happiness. Like there's going to be a rough patch. Like it's going to get really bad, but then it's going to turn all around and then then it's going to be happy again. And then there's going to be a great tragedy, maybe a murder. And then you're going to fall into a deep state of depression. And like you and your wife are going to sleep in different rooms. You're barely going to speak to one another. But then just when things look the most bleak, you both are going to realize you're now too old to find anyone else. And you're just you're just happy settling with one another. And uh, and then you'll live happily or contently or you'll just live ever after with her. That is what's in store for your future. I miss Cleo. Hey, Timmy, little baby packet. Uh, Calling to remind you about the toilet brush incident or issue, rather. Oh yeah. Got any good recommendations for me? I don't know. Maybe you can pop into the Discord. That's okay. I don't need to pop in the Discord. So a uh, little baby faggot here called in yesterday and said, uh, "Can Lord Douche help me? Because <laughs> you know Lord Douche is insane and researches everything. And uh, we we have experience with uh, toilet brushes. Me breaking them and." getting new ones ordered and stuff. Uh, So he wanted to know if Lord Douche has any recommendations on toilet brushes. And uh, guess what? He does. Now, he doesn't recommend any particular brand, but he says make sure there's no metal parts because, of course, that's going to rust. That goes without saying. It's going to have to be plastic to make sure to get a a nice hard plastic that doesn't seem brittle and is going to break. Also, make sure to get a brush that also has a uh, like a a secondary brush that, that comes out of the top and that's for cleaning the rim of the uh, the toilet. So, you know, you got the big 
brush on the bottom that's really for cleaning the bowl and then uh, out of the top there's like a littler brush that you can really get in the crevices around the rim and then he also says make sure to get a toilet brush that uh, comes with a stand or a holder that way when you put the brush down all of the uh, any residual liquid from the toilet will drip and come out of the brush. The only problem is you have to clean that part. But then, you know, you'll have a cleaner brush because it's not going to have all that disgusting toilet water on it. And that is your 2023 Lord Douche Toilet Brush Buying Guide. Ta-da! All right. Uh, and finally here, I shit you not, I really did ask Lord Douche. Th- those were his suggestions. Hi, Tim. I was listening to the February 27th okay. show, and... There was a guy getting uh, punch fucked in his butthole, and the term that was used was bucket pussy. <laughs> that was his, his bucket pussy. And I just wanted to know, like, has that name been taken? Oh, you want to? Do you want to be bucket pussy? Yeah, <laughs> for uh, like a, a call-in name, because I would like to. Um, no word bucket pussy yeah i'm pretty sure no one has claimed that yet so if you want to be bucket pussy you be bucket pussy calling name but i dub um, the bucket pussy i'm not a (laughs) careless fairy so i want to know would that be cultural appropriation i'll allow it the the name bucket pussy (laughs) no i don't think Um, so so, guys can have bucket pussies right some guys like their assholes played with straight dudes just get back to me on that one thanks uh your bucket pussy all right uh there you go bucket pussy calling in that's all the time we have on this edition of the show want you guys to email me show at distortedview.com distortedview.com is our official website voicemail line for you 206-666-4463 that's 206-660-god is it oh god warm freshly collected camel pee spread the distortion std tell all your friends about the show don't forget to give us a five-star rating a thumbs up or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts i will see you back tomorrow if and only if your sideshow members will probably do a best of show again for everyone and then post the thursday show for just for sideshow freaks you know how that goes uh, and then of course i'll be back to end the week on friday until then have a great day bye everybody Scrub.net.